Blog Talk Radio. Good morning to you, one and all. Welcome again to another episode of the Authors Corner with Etienne. I'm Etienne, your host, and I'm happy and delighted to present to you today our guest, a lady who's literally a ghost writer. Actually, we have to put those two words together. She's not a ghost, but she is a writer, and she does ghost writing. So we'll find out more about our guest, Denise M. Michaels, who has a mission to have authors or people who might not think they might become an author bring their book to the world. Let me go ahead and say good morning to Denise. Good morning, Denise. Good morning, Etienne. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. And you? Uh, wonderful. Enjoying the heat in sunny Las Vegas, <laughs> Nevada here. Las <laughs> Vegas. yesterday. So, Has light at anyway. night and heat in the day. My goodness. Wow, wow, wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about your background, please. <laughs> well, thanks. I, you know, I appreciate that, Etienne. Um, yes, sure. I am a ghostwriter. Um, I am also a book coach, which means I work with people who aspire to be book authors, and I oh. either write the book for them, um, or I guide and direct them through the process of writing the book um, themselves. Um, I have found that there are a lot of people with brilliant information and brilliant ideas who were writing just in their bag. Um, I've written books for people who are dyslexic. You know, they have that really? nerve thing where they have yeah. that where we have challenges yeah. with writing. Um, but uh, it's kind of a long, circuitous path that led me to um, this kind of work. I love it. Um, ever since I was eight years old, I knew I wanted to write. And even though I had uh-huh. a very successful book come out about a decade ago, it's like this turned out to be an even better path to a life of writing wow. for myself. So. Anyway, I um, love what I do. Well, that's great. It sounds like you do. I noticed uh, somewhere I picked up the information that you have a passion for helping people, especially when it comes to writing books. I, I'm sorry. Your your voice kind of went in and out a little bit. Would you please repeat that question at the end? Sure, sure. No problem. I was just saying that, yes, you do have a passion for helping people, especially when it comes to writing books. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I have a passion for writing, and I know there are people who feel like, you know, they'll say, I got it all in my head, you know, right? I got the whole book right in my head. And I'll say, well, that's great, but you can't put your head on the shelf at Barnes and Noble, or you can't upload your head to Amazon, you know? So, um, you know, 
those are those are the people who recognize getting help from somebody who's expert um, at writing and understanding that writing a book is significantly different from writing emails or blogs or business reports yes. or Definitely. things of that nature. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really a very wise. It's really a very wise move, especially if the purpose of your book is to help leverage your business and become yes. well, more well-known in your target market. Yeah. Well, you help business owners write books through your business. Your business is International Book Writing Guild. Why right. would a business owner want to write a, a book? Why would somebody want to write a book? Wow, great question. Um, I worked from 99 until... 2007, for like seven and a half years, Mm -hmm. I worked for a guy who was a New York Times mega, mega best-selling author. I mean, the guy has sold millions of books. Now, every once in a while, I get people who come to me, and they say, Denise, I want to write a book. And, you know, most of the time, their reasons for doing it are altruistic. They want to help others. Mm-hmm. But I dig mm-hmm. a little deeper, and I find and I ask them, what's the book going to do for you? You know? And if they say, well, I want to get rich on the book, then they're not really understanding how books work. Because very, very yes. few people get rich on the book themselves, itself. Right. Okay? Where they get rich is or at least successful and comfortable and all those good things, is not just the book, but also that recognition, that exposure a book gives them so that they get more clients, more customers for the other things that they're already doing in their business. You know, whether they're a, a consultant or a coach or a seminar leader or something of that nature. And the book helps them to develop credibility in their expertise. Is that right? Big time, big time. If the book is well written, this is this is a big yes. deal. I probably get emails in my inbox several times a week about, you know, write a book in thirty days, write a book over the weekend. Just take your blogs and copy and paste them and call yeah. it a book. It's like, no, I, it I doesn't those. work that way. It doesn't work exactly. that way. There's there's a guy in the internet marketing world. Um, who's been out there, you know, selling seminars for Internet marketing, and he's he's one of the good guys. He's one of the honest ones. And he says content is king, but good content is emperor. Um, In other words, yeah, if you're writing stuff that isn't acceptable in terms of looking and feeling like a book, it's just a bunch of stuff copied and pasted together, or even worse, there are people who will literally recommend that you go out and you find stuff, uh, information that's considered in the public domain, um, like Uh um, um, the book The Science of Getting Rich by um, Waddles is considered in the public domain. They'll copy and paste big chunks of stuff and they'll call it theirs. And people go, wait a minute. Oh. As they're reading, they're like, this sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> right? Yes. This, this sounds no, vaguely no. familiar. You know, and they'll go, wait a minute. 
I downloaded this thing a few years ago, right? Credibility wow. destroyed. Absolutely destroyed. Yes. And they're doing this to build credibility. And because they don't take the time and seek the expertise to write a book where people are going to go, wow, this is really yeah. good information. I want to check out their yeah. website. I want to find out where they're speaking. I want to, you know, get what they're doing. Yes. Yeah, I want to get more from them. If your book doesn't do that, it not only yes. doesn't build your credibility, it destroys your credibility. Destroys and there's a lot it, of people yes. there's a lot of people that do that. I call those throwaway books and they're embarrassed <laughs> a few months later yes. after they come out. Yes. But it's like once it's out, it's out there. You know, yes. and you have no idea how, well, you do have an idea, you know, how many people have downloaded it or, or whatever. Yes. You could take it down from Amazon, but everything you've put into it is destroyed. And your reputation yes. can really be aligned because you didn't take the time to do it the right way. Tell us, how did you get into the business of becoming a ghostwriter? Yeah, that's a crazy story. Um, as I mentioned, from uh, well, I always loved writing. From the time I was eight years old, I said I wanted to be a writer. Um, but my parents yeah. said, Denise, you're really, really good, but nobody makes a living as an author. So I got yeah. degrees in journalism and marketing. I always sort of like danced around the edges of it. I was an ad copywriter. I did PR mm. writing. I did, you know, all kinds of things sort of around the edges of writing. I wrote all my own sales letters for my websites and everything. And then I was working for this New York Times bestselling author and so um, whose, whose whole milieu about books had to do with finances and small business and stuff like this, right? So mm-hmm. I was around authors all the time, and I would meet these people, and I would think, Oh, they're not any smarter than me, <laughs> right? They're not any smarter than me. Yes. You know, but the thing is, is they put their butt on the line and they wrote a book, you know, or several, yes. depending yes. on how long they've been out there doing that. So I thought, well, I've yeah. got to have, you know, I've got to have an edge. I've got to have, you know, a grabber, something that's really amazing. And during my time working for this gentleman, um, I was a trainer in marketing. And I noticed that when I would work with women, you know, in marketing, um, they were very hesitant and they would say, is there any way I can avoid this? And can I hire you to do it for me? Compared to men who would say, I'm so excited. Let's get started, right? You know, and so Mm -hmm. I discovered there was this like real Mars-Venus difference going on between men and women. And here women are starting businesses at double the rate of men, you know. And yes. yet they're terrified of the marketing and selling part, you know, and part of it is nature and part of it is nurture. But that led to me writing my book, Testosterone Free Marketing. Um, it's now out of print, but it became a business bestseller. It sold in 16 countries. And mm. as a result of that, I was out there with clients and doing seminars and, you know, doing this whole thing very successfully. And I started getting people asking me, would you help me write my book? you know, Um, not Mm -hmm. ghostwriting, you know, they wanted help as a coach. And I thought, this is interesting. So I started um, a group on Facebook called Writers of Nonfiction because 
people who write fiction have a tendency to look down their nose at people who write nonfiction, and they couldn't find oh. any place on Facebook really? for people who wrote nonfiction. Yeah. So I started this little group, and I also, because I had, you know, gotten like dribs and drabs of people saying, would you help me write your book? I added one page to my website for book coaching. I never talked about it when I would go out networking or I had speaking engagements or whatever. I never spoke about it, but here was this one page. Well, two weeks after I started this group for uh, writers of nonfiction, a gal connected with me and she said, I see you help people write books. Would you be willing to help groups of people at the same time? Well, I had been doing wow. all this training, you know, for years with yes. this with the author and everything. So I know how to do webinars and all that. I said, sure, if you'll help me put together the first group. Well, she helped me put together the first three groups, you know. And I went, wow. And, of course, the economy was bad at this time, you know, especially in Las Vegas. We were really in the thick of it. But I thought, well, are people really going to pay in this economy to get help writing a book? It's like, well, yeah, they really were. And then I got someone who had such a crazy schedule that he couldn't do a group thing. So I went back to the private. And then I got someone who wanted a book on um, real estate investing. And he said, well, I've already done five chapters. I said, well, send them to me and let's want to take a look. So he sent me what he called five chapters, and it was seven pages yeah. in total, and half of no it was way. columns of numbers. Half of it was columns oh, no. of numbers. It was a hot mess. <laughs> and he was such a nice guy. I really liked him. I thought, how do I, like, break his heart, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I yes. called him on the phone. On, I remember it was a Friday afternoon, and I said, would you like me to just write this for you? Gosh, would you do that? I said, yeah. He said, how much would you charge? I said, I don't know. Let me think about it over the weekend. I'll call you back on Monday. So I called mm-hmm. him back. He agreed. And that's how I ended up ghostwriting my first book, you know, was through this gentleman. And it just it just really took off from there. Um, but I still wow. have a combination of um, ghostwriting and book coaching clients and I can do about five or six books in an entire year. Every single one of them is written from scratch. It's all original mm-hmm. stuff. There's nothing copied and pasted unless it's like a one-sentence quote or something from somebody, yeah. you know. Um, sure. You know how sometimes there's like a quote at the beginning of the chapter or yes. something like yes. that. Re- but, reinforcement, yes. But at any rate, that's how it all came about, and it just kind of went wow. crazy. And the reason I call it International Book Writing Guild is over the years, I've had clients in Australia, in China, Malaysia, Spain, Great Britain, Ireland, um, you know, India. I mean, as long as they want a book in English, you know, and I've literally <laughs> had people I've literally had people come to me who are very, very successful in another country and they want to break into the American market, but they realize it needs to be a book in American English, you know? English, yes. So, yes. Yeah, so it can't be like um, 
the Indian version of English or the or the British even British version of English. Like Oxford you know? English, it, yes, exactly. Right, and it has to kind of support our culture and you know all those things, and yes. those books have helped them break into the American market. You know, so yeah. anyway, that, that's kind of how yeah, I got into it. <laughs> wow! <Yeah. laughs> Amazing! What a story! Wow! Wow! Yeah! Wow. Yeah! Yeah, and, and I, you know, I have to tell you the funniest thing because I have always, Etienne, I've always been a big believer in goal setting. I mean, ever since okay. I got out of college, you know, I would sit down and I would write my yearly goals right around the holidays, and then I would write semi-annual goals right after the Fourth of July and everything, yeah. and you know, look at them every week and every. I've always been a big believer in goals, and about. Five, six years ago, when all this started, I wrote all my goals for the year, and I went back and I read them over, and they had absolutely no juice for me. They did not, mm. it was like nothing, nothing about it excited me or motivated me. It just seemed like more of what I'd written the last few years before that. So I tore them up, and I said, I'm not going to have any goals this year. I'm going to be open to what happens. You know? Wow. <laughs> yes. I, I know. And I it, I felt so out of my risky. comfort zone doing that, you know? And, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's like that's how, you know, this person ends up calling me and says, you know, would you help groups of people write books? And, and you know, the real estate book. And, like, all those things happened when I decided for one year, of course, I'm back to writing goals again, but for one year, I decided, you know what, I'm not going to write goals and I'm just going to be open to what shows up in my life and what sort of supports my overall mission and direction and what I want to do. Um, Because there are a lot of people that come to me and they want me to publish their book or they want me to market their book or they want me to do all these different things. And I tell them, look, I am 58 years old. And it took me years and years and years to get to the point where I know what I love and I focus on just doing that. I have highly qualified yeah. publishers and marketers and all those things who love doing that work that I will refer you to when the time is right and, and you can work with them. But what I do is I help you write your book. You know. Good. So there you go. Interesting. Okay, great. Yeah. Now tell us so, about the three... Anyway. Critical things aspiring authors need to know before they start writing a how-to or personal growth book. Right, right. Uh, well, the first thing they need to know is who are you writing your book to, right? Who are you writing your book to? In other words, who's your target market? Now, I get a lot of people who say, well, my target market is small business owners or my target market is, Moms with kids between the ages of 6 and 12 or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, what okay. I do when I'm, when I'm working with my clients is we do a very detailed profile of mm. who your ideal reader is that breaks it down into their characteristics, qualities, attributes, core values, so you really know who your book is going to. You know, and okay. when you look at that profile, every time before you sit down and write, um, very, very often a lot of people find the writer's block just kind of goes away, you know. 
uh, because they and you imagine that you're sitting across from them at Starbucks or having a glass of wine or doing something and having a conversation and you write, you know. Um, okay. The next thing is, uh, the second thing is, is to have a detailed outline before you start writing your book. Have a oh. detailed outline before you start writing your book. Because what that does is it gives you sort of a skeleton of, yes. um, you know, what your book is going to be like. Now, I have sort of an organic process I do with my clients where they write their outline in little 10-minute chunks. You know, they just write like the wind and just little 10-minute chunks here and there. They put together their outline in about a week, and that serves as sort of the skeleton for their writing, you know. I see. Uh, uh-huh. if, you don't, if you don't do that, you can end up just all over the map like messed up. I have a good friend. She wrote a great book, but when she finally finished writing, she realized there were two, three chapters in there that completely didn't fit, and she ended up pulling them out, you know. I mean, she ended up yeah. using them for, like, different things in her blog and stuff like that. It wasn't wasted, but in a way it kind of was. She could have finished her book sooner, you know, without those yes. without those three chapters, you know. Um, the third tip I would say is don't worry about writing your book in chronological order, you know. Um, sit down, look at your profile of your ideal book reader, then look at your book outline and say, what am I in the mood to write now? You know, write this minute. What am I in the mood to sit down and write? And if there's a topic, you know, a, a, a chapter subheading, for example, in chapter nine that you're just itching to get on the page, you know, write yeah. that, work on that. Or if you want to start from chapter one, you can, but you don't have to because as long as you have an outline and as long as you're saving things in your computer in order, you know, and the chapters are numbered and everything, eventually it'll all come together and be in order. A lot of times when people try to write their book in chronological order, they end up getting stuck when they don't have to. It, it works yes. much better if you kind of skip around and write what you're in the mood to write and what you're sort of inspired or motivated to write that day rather than feeling you've got to slog through one, two, three in order. Yes. So there's three steps. Okay. The last part about not doing it in chronological order has to do with write because you want to, not because you have to. And the other comment I want to make about that is, Movie directors also do that. They will shoot a certain scene out of, not in chronological order because of whatever reasons they have to do that. So in the right. long run, it all comes together and it makes a full package. And that's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, sure. It, you exactly. know, it absolutely okay. makes sense. As, as <clears throat> long as you have an outline, you know, and when you're done writing, okay. you copy and paste it where it belongs in that chapter. Yes. You know, yes. you're going to get to the point where you have a full book. But I've seen more people get stuck and stop because they feel like they have to do it in chronological wow. order. Nope, wow. Nope, you don't. Wow. Please don't. Yes. <laughs> Please don't. Okay. So. All right, so now let's move on. If a person now has a book written, is it almost impossible for them to get it published? Um, 
publishing is a whole new game now yes. compared to what it was 10 to 15 years ago. Um, yes. Major publishers like, say, Simon & Schuster or, um, you know, the, the really big publishers like that, they will not touch you with a 10-foot pole unless you're represented wow. by a literary agent. Um, I've been uh-huh. to a seminar a number of times. It's all about, you know, book authors and book marketing and everything. It's not about writing your book. It's all about what do you do with it after it's written, you know. Sure. And there are literary agents and publishers that will come up on that stage. They always have a panel there the first night, and they say, don't plan on getting a publisher unless you have a social media platform of at least 80,000 people. So that would be like oh. 80,000 Twitter followers or even better email list. And by the way, a hit reality show would help too. Okay. Now, <laughs> okay. Known, I knew a, um, had lunch with one of the people in, you know, the Bravo television does those housewife shows. Um, mm-hmm. I had lunch with a gal who is with one of those housewife shows, the first one, Housewives of Orange County, and she wrote a book that was like very empowering about women and everything, and here she'd been on a hit reality show for years and couldn't find a publisher, you know. Now, wow. that, you know, I mean, they are looking for the Kardashians, the Clint, the Hillary Clintons, yes. the you know, they are yeah, looking the for problem. people who have massive platforms because those are yes. the people who have built-in customers for their book, you know. Um, oh. There are a few major publishers that literally do occasionally take on unknown authors. Um, John Wiley and Sons is one of those that will take on an unknown author, you know. They're not going to pay a, a big advance. but And there's sure. lots of smaller publishers you know, if you set your yes. sights at, like, the biggest publishers, you're not going to do too well. But what's changed significantly is the world of self-publishing. You can take yes. your book, self-publishing. You can take your book, you know, you need to have a graphic designer do a book cover that looks professional and everything. Um, establish your own publishing business, you know, which doesn't take that much. Um, you know, the doing business as the name and, you know, all this stuff. Upload your book to um, Amazon, which is free, and you have a book for sale. You have um, a book, you know, that you can make money on immediately, you know. And for a while, the major publishing companies, I mean, they really – didn't like this, and their attitude was, if you self-publish a book, we won't touch you with a 10-foot pole. Well, now they can't afford to do that because there are so many people out there self-publishing. Now, if you self-publish a book and you're successful with it, and what successful means is you sell at least 5,000 copies, you know, they're suddenly interested in your next book because you did fairly well with your first book, you know. So yes. self-publishing has totally changed the game, and you can do it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not that expensive. You don't have to have, you know, your garage or your basement filled with boxes of books. You know, it's, it's a totally different game from what it was 15, 20 years ago. And it's a good thing. Wow. It's a system that needed to be broken, Etienne. 
Yes, um, yes, because it, yes, yes. Because it treated authors so badly. I mean, if, if a person yes. insists, you know, they have to go to a traditional publisher at, and everything, if you get anything at all, you're looking at one to three years to find Denise, a let me, interrupt let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you real quickly. We have about two minutes or less. You have an ah, event coming okay. up, and I want to make sure we mention the event. What's the event coming up soon, please? My event? Yes. I don't have any events coming up. Oh, I thought I saw something about I, an event coming up in Las Vegas. You mentioned the yeah, event coming well, up in I Las mean, Vegas. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, the last time I did a workshop was maybe about two years ago, and I just, you know, I mean, workshops are great and everything. I love them, okay. and I always sell out when I do them, but I okay. just, I'm so focused on my clients' books right now okay. that I'm not doing any okay. of this. Well, I was <laughs> concerned. Moment, it could change, <laughs> but at the moment, so. Okay, good anyway. enough. Well, well, the last thing that I would like to ask you in the, in the minute we have remaining what about the aspiring authors who don't like to write? What advice would you have for them? You know, I had a drop-dead question that I ask uh, prospective clients. I said, do you like to write or would you rather stick knitting needles in your eyeballs? You know, mm-hmm. um, and if they say that they like to write, you know, yeah. then having me help them through coaching and editing is a great bet. If they if they say, gee, those knitting needles are sounding pretty good right about now, um, ghost lighting is better for them. It's more expensive okay. because I have hundreds of hours invested, but it's a better yes. way to go because you're going to have a finished book at the other end of it rather than six months, a year, two years, you're still thinking okay. about it. Thank you very much, Denise. We're just about out of time. I appreciate that. We definitely have to have you back somewhere, how or not. <laughs> well, yeah, we could do that. But in the 10 seconds remaining, we'll have to say so long, and we have you back someday. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Appreciate it, Denise. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You're Thanks. Quite, quite welcome. Uh-huh. You're Bye-bye. quite welcome. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.